You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. I think what you're trying to ask is uh, why am I so insistent upon giving out to them that blackness, that black power, that black pushing them to identify with uh, 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 black culture. I think that's what you're asking. It's, it's, I have no choice over it. In the first place, to me, we are the most beautiful creatures in the whole world, black people. I mean, and I mean that in every, every sense, uh, outside and inside. And to me, we have a culture that uh, is surpassed by, 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 by no other civilization, but we don't know anything about it. So, again, I think I've said this before in the same interview, I think uh, at some time before, my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning, Latrice. How are you doing, Queen? Good morning. I'm doing great. How about you? Uh, doing very well. Glad to have you back. I uh, just want to inform you as a regular Queens of Intellect member, I've now uh, turned our listeners as intellectual outcasts. So we're switching from, you know, six, seven years of being truth seekers to the listeners out there are intellectual outcasts. I think uh, I've heard some, some good reviews of, of that term. So that's to our listeners out there. So I want to share that change with you. We're glad to have you back on the show. Again, as one of our Queens of Intellect members, if you are a first-time listener, I'd like to highlight but I always keep a sharp queen on the show with me to ensure that whatever we're discussing, we get that black woman's viewpoint. And uh, Latrice, again, you are one of my long-standing queens of intellect members. If you will, queen, tell the intellectual outcasts, say good morning to them, and tell them a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, I, like Montoya said, I've been um, with them for a while now, and um, from a professional perspective, I'm a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant. I work with companies to ensure that their processes, procedures, strategies are equitable and that all employees, regardless of race, gender, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, whatever, that everyone has equitable access to opportunities within their organization. Um, but I do that whether I would I do that whether it's professional or personal. So um, I'm very passionate about the work. No, absolutely. This 
your work is definitely near and dear to you, and I think your perspective will be much needed as we navigate through this morning's discussion question. Again, if you are a first-time listener, I go by the name Black Socrates, so we always do our show in the form of a question. And the idea is to, in a sense, take the Socratic method and see if we can ask enough of the right questions and get to the right answers. And it's not that we all have to agree. We actually specialize in these hard conversations on race, race sex, and culture and, and black business. So really Really want y'all to tune in, to call in. We're going to give out the number early today just in case y'all want to share some of your stories. But this morning's discussion question is, what if the woman makes more money in the marriage slash relationship? We'll say it one more time. What if the woman makes more money in the marriage slash relationship? So as always, Latrice, we'll start with the first initial thought when I say, hey, you mind helping me out? I gave you short notice. What was your first initial thought when you saw that as the question? First initial thought was, oh, boy, um, here we go. But then, the, you know, when I thought about it for a few seconds more, I thought um, that part of the issue is that a lot of folks won't really be honest about their real reaction based on my experiences and my conversations with folks. So it should definitely be an interesting dialogue. No, absolutely. And that's where what you just mentioned is really key, in my opinion, of where this conversation can be very different because uh, I would love to, if we, if possible, even though this is parts of this will have to be brought in, but I would like to, in a sense, avoid the gender war aspect of where this conversation could go and do exactly what you just said. Be extremely honest about the conversation, and I think that in itself can make it different. And so, uh, you know, at the end of the day, this is not going to be about, if you will, for anybody out there listening, if you join us, it's not going to be about, in a sense, your belief being put on others. Because here's the reality. Regardless of how we look at this dynamic of who's making more in the relationship, there's all the dynamics can work or are working for some people. And so, um, and it's not that you can't have a value system that's related you know, two certain things. I think there are natural differences that I'll talk about openly today that can o- affect how we see it. I definitely think men and women see this conversation different, and that's what I hope we can be honest about today. And I know with you that won't be a problem. Uh, but with the, you know, but with that said, the ultimate thing that I want people to understand: this is not really about coming on the show and yelling a belief. While we welcome your opinion. We want to dialogue and get into the nuance. So however you feel about it, please be willing to jump on. I'll go ahead and get out the number early, just as I promised, 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. If you decide you want to jump in on it and give us your three cents, you will have to press one to, in a sense, start the show. So before we go to first break, uh, Queen, I'm actually going to get some initial thoughts. I know we typically get to break before I do that. Um I know you said your first thought was, oh, boy, and if I could just mention it, you know, you do very well in what you do for a living, so I can imagine this is something that you've experienced firsthand, if you will, to yourself, not to necessarily get too deep into your personal life, but just in general, you said, oh, boy, um, just tell me a little more, expand on that, oh, boy, before we go to break, and then we'll get hot and heavy into the conversation after break. Sure. Well, in my marriage, it was it was a dynamic, and okay. I think that... Um, well, it started, the, the, my, so my, I was married for 25 years. I got my degree about four years in. I finished my degree. And from that point forward, um, my marriage started going downhill. When I started to earn more money than he did, 
it really took a sharp left turn, and we never recovered. And um, my my thought process around this is that the money's going into our household. So in my perspective, it doesn't matter who's bringing it in. As long as it's coming in, it's being applied to help us live and build wealth. Um, and that's still my perspective on it. Now, I respect that. I can tell you, you know, personally myself, I think I've kind of done a 180 on this conversation, and hopefully we can explore that over the next couple of hours. And I say 180 just because of, in a sense, certain things that I had heard or seen in my own lifetime, certain information that men had kind of, in a sense, shared with me. And then I feel like I've learned a different viewpoint when, in a sense, looking at marriage, if you will, because there's definitely a different dynamic, whether you're in a marriage or a relationship, or maybe some people don't see it as a different dynamic, and that's fair as well. Uh, but I definitely feel like I've learned some things that um, that I want to, in a sense, I would say, input in my toolbox that I absolutely did not have, and I will say even things that I learned incorrectly as a young man, um, again, that we will explore after this break. And for the callers out there, again, we will be opening up the phone lines out of break because we want to hear your stories as well. Um, how has this affected, um, in a sense, your relationships? Because the reality is I do understand, you know, some of what you experienced, Latrice, in the sense that you say, hey, I was in the mindset that this was never an issue, but unfortunately it sounded like your ex-husband, it was a personal issue that I definitely understand and will, you know, share that thoughts process, I think, from for, from a lot of men, if you will. And uh, when we go to break, I'm going to play a cut that I think is just a proper way to start. It's It, it kind of will start off in the gender war area, but I'll throw that out. But I just think it's a proper way to start to fairly have this conversation. So I will warn anybody, if you are a first-time listener, we are not a politically incorrect show. So you will hear a little foul language um, after the break going into the cut because we just want to – I think this is a, just a good starting place as we peel this conversation back. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show where all I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. Do you need marketing designed specifically to compete in today's digital age? Well, look no further than Edge Digital Business Solutions, a marketing agency that's well-equipped to provide solutions to the challenges faced by businesses looking to acquire and retain customers in today's ultra-competitive marketing world. Whether it's video creation, website or logo design, mobile app development, social media and email marketing, or e-commerce design and development, Emoridge Digital Business Solutions has the answer. Visit them at EmoridgeDBS.com. That's E-M-O-R-E-J-D-B-S.com. Or call 864-221-3632. That's 864-221-3632. Immoreds Digital Business Solutions. 
We're the solution to your marketing challenges. Yeah, we have egos as men. Um, I definitely understand that. 
And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, wow, I'm tripping off how far you went. So I applaud you in just even in making the effort. Like, that's a real effort in making it work. And, I mean, you don't do 25 years without a real effort. So I definitely understand and respect it just from your personal standpoint. Um, I wanted to just briefly, again, we, again, I agree with, you know, you agree that was a good place to set the stage. I want to just jump into the systemic briefly. And after that, I just want this to be a real individual candid conversation between you and I, because again, I hope we'll go places. Uh, as you said, if people are honest, I think this conversation can go a lot of places, but I just think it's only right to start with a couple, if you will, systemic areas when it comes to this whole idea as I mentioned the marketplace and in a sense women entering the marketplace being able to make their own money or make more money uh, however you want to put that Uh, but one of the systemic issues that I just would like to knock out I think you and I've had this dialogue you may recall this but I just want to highlight this because uh, I think this is something that often comes into these conversations and people just don't have the right information and I just want to kind of knock this myth off office off his pedestal just so that it so people don't even hopefully if they're listening they don't call in and start here and it's the idea of in a sense the wage gap that is a real thing in our country however and Latricia, you know you know, I know you know numbers as well so you can challenge this if you feel necessary but I think we may agree on this the wage gap between African American men and um, African-American women is not as significant when you actually narrow it down by race to the to the extent that what I would like to offer is what doesn't what doesn't have what, what has nothing to do with this conversation is the idea of men or black men specifically or black women specifically who's able to make more money. So I just think sometimes the wage gap gets thrown in there, and I just want to show this, share this because most people don't know this. So quite often when we're talking about the wage gap, everybody gets p- compared for the most part to the white male, right, who is typically considered to be, the, in a sense, the, the number that you're up against. And actually, in actuality right now, Asian males make the most money in the country per week or whatever. But I just want to highlight that the difference between a black man on average throughout the country is $680 a week, and the black female makes the black male makes 680. The black female makes $611 a week on average throughout the country. And so that is, I would offer. I can go into more details, but I don't think we'll need to unless you want to, Latrice. But that number is. Again, it's not the same, but it's probably not the number that most people are aware of, and it's and it's relatively pretty much the same. It's ninety percent of what the black male brings in across the country. I'm not saying that that's okay, but it kind of throws out this idea of the wage gap being even a part of this conversation. Does that make sense? And I just wanted to kind of get that out of here because a lot of times people will start this conversation with, you know, the wage gap as an issue in this conversation. I hope that makes sense, but I just wanted to kind of get that out the way. I agree. It totally makes sense. Let's just throw that out. Um, I have, I have wage gap conversations all the time. Um, And as far as, you know, Black, black black people in general are near the bottom, um, regardless whether you are, um, you know, a woman or a man. Um, I do think that, you know, there are some nuances there that, um, you know, many, um, sometimes many of the, the men may not have, you know, of course, more black women complete college. And so sometimes the work that we do 
Um, we may be in a, in a relationship with a partner who doesn't earn as much. For instance, my ex was a diesel mechanic, and I was at that time an HR person. So, you know, there was a, so there are outliers is what I'm saying. Right, no, absolutely. And another another couple of things, just to get, again, just to close this part so it's not a big, heavy part of the conversation, but $680 a week versus $611 a week, some of that is just a lot of times, you know, when there's a family involved, uh, like quite often women may take time out of work with the child, so that affects wages. And then there's a lot of positions um, now where the systemic stuff does play, again, for, but it hits both black men and black women, is, for example, people may be surprised to know that the Asian male, in a sense, makes more money than the white male in this country, right? But a lot of that's based on the type of jobs and engineering and tech and things of that nature. So specific jobs carry higher wages. And so there are still a lot of industries in which women are not involved, whether it's because of systemic issues, issues or sometimes by choice, and that plays a factor in even that small difference. But all of that kind of plays a role when you start talking about roles, because that's what we heard from the cut, mm-hmm. right? That, that guy was saying, hey, here's mm-hmm. the role, and this is what a man does. Here's one other number mm-hmm. to smash all the myths. I've looked this up several times, but for the most part, stay-at-home parents uh, which now is starting to be even a few more men involved than historically, right? But staying home parents, uh, for what I could find, Latrice, and you can, if you might know these numbers or whatever, but I know the number I used to always go by was usually only about 9% of homes, uh, but I've seen it as high as one in five when I've tried to bounce studies against studies. But I just wanted to highlight that I think most people know that, that there's you know, just based on what that man was talking about, my wife never paid a bill in 18 years. So a lot of times, as we just mentioned, we'll use that as a backdrop, but we're not even honest about the fact that there are not even many homes in the country that are even operating that way, but we will still talk about that old school train of thought where not just black people, but the entire country, I the number I've always kind of went by was only 9%. I don't know if that's correct, but again, I've seen it as high as 20%. But either way, that's still the majority of the company, country, regardless of race, that's having both household, both parents work in the household. Um, one thought on that, and we'll just keep digging, digging through this thing. Um, you are correct. It's not a lot of households that, um, that have that, that dynamic going on. Um, we are seeing more um, more men that are taking on that responsibility. It's still a very small number, but we are seeing more men um, be stay-at-home dads. I actually used to work with someone, and when he he did this, this was maybe 15 years ago, and everyone in the company was like, what? But his wife was a chief marketing officer, and he was a customer service rep, so it just made sense. From them, from a, for them, from a financial perspective, um, but I also think that what we need to understand in this day and age is that when we look at, let's just we're we're in a rate of in an area of high inflation. It literally takes two incomes to live, to save, to build wealth, and that's what I tell a lot of women because a lot of women have a have a desire to have that um, that that fairy tale life. Um, where they do have the opportunity to stay at home. But, I, you know, I've had friends, I had a couple of friends who were able to do it, but there were things that I was able to do because I did work and I we had more money coming in financially that they were not able to do. 
Um, and so when we look at that, we have to recognize what are you willing to give up to be that stay-at-home person. Absolutely. And when you talk about the mindset mindset shift, you know, with your husband who wasn't able to, in a sense, let go of that ego in y'all dynamic. And I think that's normal. So I don't even want to say, I'm not even saying that letting, I'm not calling it right or wrong because I get it. Um, I, I have an ego to a degree, not to that extent, because again, I made a 180 on this. I spent most of my 20s and 30s never, ever caring about you know, in a sense, if a woman made more, even though I was given that advice, for example, when I was in the military, um, you know, by, by one of our advisors when we were in college, he literally said, you know, make sure your woman does not make more than you because he said she would, in a sense, be control, be too controlling is what he'd offer. And so that was the advice that, that he gave us. And I know now at that time I was a young college kid to the extent that I, I kind of took it in and kind of made a mental note of it. And then as the years went along, I kind of got away from it. Um, how, and I'll say, however, again, we're going to delve through this, but now in my later years, I, I, I think there's some, some things that we don't understand as a culture that we need to understand again, where in a sense, um, like I say, not just simply spilling emasculated simply because she makes more, but if that is part of the dynamic, it has to be considered if that makes sense. So, like, for example, I, ha- I have a friend um, and um, trying to get into a relationship with a, 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 another friend of mine. If, well, uh, he's try- he was attempting to get into a relationship with a friend of mine, and I just know in dialoguing with her, and I, don't, and I don't even think it was necessarily that she made more or anything like that. But one thing that was happening was she was saying, if he wants this type of woman, why did he choose me? And so I'm kind of going there because if this is such a concern for you, then it would not, in a sense, it would behoove you, in a sense, to avoid a situation where your ego can't take it. Does that make sense? Quinn, and I, you know, I don't know if y'all could have avoided that twenty, you know, however many years ago that was, but I think that has to be the dialogue in this new marketplace where the reality is, um, you know, I will highlight this, even though the pandemic, some more stay at home, a few, a smaller percentage of stay at home people went up. It wasn't a lot. Just the majority of the country is having to have, as you say, or under the, under the understanding that you need two incomes to make it. Since if that's going to be the case, then you must know yourself to know whether you can deal with it or not. And I think sometimes people are choosing someone and trying to make them fit into their paradigm. That, that what, what do you think of that thought, Queen? I absolutely think that's, that's correct. Um, and, and I got married at, at 20, so we were both really young. Um, and I don't and while he recognized that I was more intellectual than he was and he had that desire, I don't think he understood all that came with that. For instance, later in our marriage when I mentioned getting a master's because it would help improve my career opportunities, he absolutely vehemently would not agree to that. And that said to me that he was not, you know, the person for me. He could not emotionally handle where I wanted to go in life. And so I do think that that is a very um, important aspect when you meet someone. Are you guys, are are you able to live with 
the direction that that person is going. Are you willing to, are you able to live with what they bring to the relationship, where they're going? And the person that I'm with now is, is absolutely on board with that. Um, because, you know, we're entering into a situation where because of side consulting that I do, where I am earning more. And how he handles it is how can I help you be successful with this? Because if you're successful, then we're successful. Um, and that is like music to my ears considering the last situation that I was in. And so I do think that you have, you bring up a very, very important perspective that people need to consider when they're choosing who they want to be in a relationship with because you just, you know, you get caught up with, I like what I see, I like what I hear, but then you have to begin to peel back those layers and see where that person's going, where that drive and there's ambition and where they hope to go. And does that align with what you want in life? And can you handle if that person's career takes off and yours doesn't? Those are very real conversations that people need to have and they don't. Absolutely. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, in a sense, how we've romanticized love and relationships to the extent that those are the things that are not being considered and they matter the most, especially if uh, long term is the goal. If you're young, obviously, legacy being children, I like to allude to, or, or whatever point you're choosing this, those are the conversations that quite often are going missed and you're finding it after the fact. And so, you know, like I said, to my friend's credit, uh, they actually, I don't don't think they're in a relationship now from what I understand or whatever. Uh, But, and I say just to, to, you know, to her credit, just from the standpoint of while they were trying to make it work, she kind of asked, why are you choosing me based on what you're saying you want? I've never shown myself to be that. So, you know, while he loved a lot of things about her, if that was so important to him, she, you know, it's almost like she had to call it out to say, hey, how are we going to work if you're trying to put me into this, in a sense, uh, you know, in this, you know, I guess what you could say, a, uh, what they say, a square or a, a square in a circle or hole or whatever you call it. And so, um, you know, so luckily they had to dialogue. I would say luckily just before versus suffering through that dynamic, they just from what I understand, ended up not going into a relationship. We are up against the break. For the callers out there, if you want to get in on this discussion, please press 1. We're going to hear a cut from Steve Harvey that gets more into, if you will, the male ego of this question. What if the woman makes more money in the marriage slash relationship? We'll be right back where all I ask is that you think. Uh, So this is based on experience of mine as well. Um, I was married a few years back. And everything was going really well. The relationship was awesome. And then I ended up losing my job and decided to make a career change. So money wasn't coming in as steadily as before. I couldn't get her the things that she wanted or take her out as, as much as we did before. And uh, it eventually got to a point where she was distancing herself uh, from me and kind of pushed away from the relationship and ended up uh, in a divorce. She left. Now, I, I, take, I took it very seriously as far as getting through the good times and the bad, and obviously she didn't. Why do women basically uh, give up or, or become distant with a guy when he struggles financially. Okay. We asked the ladies this question. Why do women lose interest when a man struggles financially? Is it A, a man is supposed to provide? Is it B, because you start to lash out at us? Or is it C, the man becomes a loser? 
Well, more than half of the women said it's B because you lash out at them. <laughs> Where's Erica? Hi. Um, Go ahead. So I've dated men who've made less than me, and one in particular decided to go back to school shortly after we got into a relationship. So obviously he was pressed financially at the time. I didn't mind, but I think it did bother him, though. For example, on my birthday, I suggested a free concert for us to go to. He got so hung up over the cost of parking, and when I said, I'll cover it, his demeanor changed, he became annoyed, and we ended up not going at all. And then another time, on Christmas, we were living apart in separate states, so I got him a surprise trip to come out and visit me. He got annoyed again and accused me of trying to show him up because I knew that he couldn't do a gift that was on that level. So. <laughs> Women are saying, he's crazy. So that's what Hello. Well, here's what I think happens here. A lot of times... We are ashamed at points when we haven't gotten ourselves to the point we want to be at in life to be the provider. And sometimes we have to deal with the shame of it. So when you buy a guy a ticket and he goes, damn, you know, I can't do it myself. I can't get over there to see you. Now, you're going to just buy me a ticket? Hold on. Let me figure this out. Give me a minute. Let me, let me pull something together. Don't just buy me a ticket. And that's where the lashing out comes in at. And it's not lashing out at you. It's really is lashing out at himself. If we're not where we want to be, a lot of guys are just ashamed. That's the Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. What if the woman makes more money in the marriage slash relationship, as we hear cut from a Steve Harvey broadcast where they had a bunch of people in the audience and they did surveys on these various questions. And here's what stood out to me, and I think it's worth, uh, again, the dialogue. It's, it was kind of the last part that Steve talked about more in that second half of that um, of that dialogue where the women over half, it was 60, 61%, as I remember watching the broadcast, that when they had the choice, a man should be a provider, He's lashing out, or the man is a loser. Sixty-one percent of the women basically said, "Hey, he lashes out." So I can imagine a man naturally with his ego. Sometimes we are unaware, and so if you're ever in this situation, and as Steve alluded to, you're not really happy with yourself, you're actually lashing out. But if you're unaware of yourself, you're aggravated by what she's doing. Like, you know, situation, it could just be even a temporary moment. It might not be, you know, that she always made more. It could just be a temporary moment. But, I'm, I, I, but you know, I'm highlighting this because here's the understanding, as you heard those ladies say, well, dang, I, I, I tried to say let's go to a free concert. Um, I flew them out. It was a surprise. She's thinking she's doing this great thing. And here's where the dialogue has to, in my opinion, digress into understanding a lot of men's egos, and there's typically a lot of conversation in when we have this kind of stuff where people go, why are men this way? And I would say instead of understanding 
the I would say the majority of men naturally have that ego, and I'm not labeling ego good or bad. I'm just talking about the reality of having that ego. And Steve mentioned the idea of hold on, let me figure it out. So if you understand that, in my, you know, in men are generally wired to be problem solvers, then you actually would have to be aware of that to even navigate that moment. But if you don't understand that, you could actually try to, as she did, give him a surprise that ends up being terrible based on his ego. And I'm not saying she's supposed to stay with him. I'm just highlighting being aware of that. Your thoughts about that? Because I think these are the things we have to be taught instead of assuming that the other person should adjust. You know, the man shouldn't be in the situation lashing out because he's looking at what she's doing, aggravating, and vice versa. You know, she's doing these things because she's unaware of him, and they're just really creating tension because they're unaware of each other's nature. She's being nurturing and trying to help the best way she knows how, but he doesn't understand that while he is in his moment of, I'm not feeling adequate right now. Your thoughts, Queen? I agree that that's a problem. Um, I experienced that. I feel like this is my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I initially got married, my husband was a welder. Well, um, as more and more of those types of jobs were offshore, there was a period where he didn't work, and I did. And those were the the most horrible arguments that I've ever had the misfortune to engage in. Mm. And it would be it would they would stem from me going grocery shopping little things that you have to do, but they involved money and they would create these situations where there was always tension and there was always the propensity for arguing around that. And so I do see that. And I do think that the fact that we create the the belief system that the man has to be the provider or that they have to do this or they're a failure, that we set the dynamic for this to happen, particularly as our society evolves and, and you know, we're no longer in a position where women aren't allowed to work or, you know, they're not allowed to work outside of the home. So much of what we believe from a, a belief perspective stems from those olden days when women weren't allowed certain rights, but we still hold those beliefs in present-day society. And the question that we have to ask is, do they still have a place in our society today? And if they don't, then how do we get away with that? So I think it's get a away fair from question. That. No, I think it's a fair question. And here's, if we could dialogue through this. I see the callers out there. If y'all want to get in, please press 1. If y'all are just listening, no problem. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, it's 646-787-1691. You do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. So here's the dynamic that I think we that we have to go here. So very, very question. Like you said, a lot of this was built. I played the first cut. Old school brother said, hey, I paid the bills for 18 years. She never paid any of the bills, right? So like you said, coming from that history, a reality throughout America, regardless of race, that has it, that is not the reality, if you will. Um, you know, both people are working outside the home. Sometimes they're 50-50. Sometimes they're 80-20, whatever the case may be. Or in the African-American community, I put up the um, the dialogue, I mean, put up the stat when I was promoting this show, unfortunately, that um, I think it was, I'm doing it off the top of my head, I think it was 82% or 84% of African-American homes. The woman is the breadwinner, the co-breadwinner, 
are, are, are in that situation. And, you know, a lot of that's due to uh, we don't have a lot of marriage situations. So in that sense, um, black women in particular at much higher levels are quite often the breadwinners in the, in our community. Let's just keep that above. Uh, but I, I say all this to say that in asking that question, here's, in my opinion, if you will, where we have to get into the dialogue of um, the, the nature of what I, what I could, would consider are some natural differences in the sense that in I don't know that there'll ever be a time, even with the dynamics that we just mentioned, it's clearly no longer normal, if you will, for the man to be the sole breadwinner. That's, clear, that's clearly not the case, even though that was the case for the majority of human existence. The reality is that ego doesn't go away for a lot of men regardless and again I'm not labeling ego good or bad I'm just talking about the reality of it to to the extent that in a sense if a man is going to be a problem solver I still think being a protector again is a natural space for the man to be in especially within the dynamic of his own family if if that is still a natural space then we have to even with these dynamics changing, consider that very realistic dynamic that, hey, a lot of men are going to want to be in that space, not all men. And if we understand that, then you have to navigate it that way. So, for example, you know, you, you have been talking about your marriage. The reality, right, in our community is there's only 25% of sisters married and 33% of black men married. So the majority of our relationships are just that their relationships that don't include marriage. And so I would offer, based on that very real dynamic for a lot of men, that if you, before you engage in a marriage or take it that far where you get serious, if you find a man at this stage, I would offer it's best to leave him alone, let him figure it out, because he will be in a place better himself to be able to deal with the relationship dynamic because as we just heard on that cut, a lot of men unknowingly are lashing out based on their own feeling feelings that they have. And I don't think that today's new dynamic in a sense with the women being in the marketplace is going to change that being a very realistic aspect of a man naturally wanting to be able to protect and, and gaining some value from, hey, here's what I do to take care of my family. Does not necessarily mean he has to be the bigger breadwinner. That's not where I'm going with it. But whatever he's going through, not simply because she makes more, but if he's in a downtown downtime anyway, helping him through it without understanding that dynamic will only create more problems. Your thought about, again, I think we have to consider that very real difference. I don't know that we can create a value system that's going to, in a sense, push that, out, push that out of men. And I don't know, you know, and I think you know enough about me, I don't know that we want to. Your thoughts, Queen? So I agree with the perspective that if you encounter someone and they are in that mindset or that space, that if that's not where you are or if that's not where the dynamics in your life are at that point, 
that you should meet, you should definitely walk away because one of the things I think we have to learn from a relationship perspective is that the only person that we can change in a relationship is us. We can't change that other adult. And so we have to accept them where they are. We can't look at them for the potential that they might have. And so I think that was what I practiced after my divorce and when I started dating again. If it was someone who came at me with those old school values, I immediately said, you know, it was nice meeting you, but I don't think that we're, we're good. We would make a good partnership. And I was intentional about the words that I used. I used partnership, not relationship, because I think that although you're in a relationship, in my perspective, it has to be a partnership. And many men don't feel that way. And now I think it, the other part of it goes back to, so is it nature versus nurture? And I don't think there's a clear answer to that, whether it's because there's, it's so, um, just like systemic racism is so woven into our society, so is patriarchy. So are those beliefs. And so I don't know if it's a man's nature or if it's nurture if it's taught to him. And I don't I do believe that we are far from, if ever, entering a space where for some men it will always be a problem. But I do think that couples coming together, particularly if you're not young and you've been through some things in your life and you've been through dysfunctional relationships, you do yourself a disservice if you don't try to seek therapy so that you can learn to be good partners to each other and overcoming those barriers that might um, prohibit you from being in a good relationship, such as, well, I make more money than he does, and that sometimes rears its ugly head. Um, you need to be able to effectively solve it because, to me, it shouldn't be the end of a relationship. You may have to work through some things. You may have to work through some mindset things. You may have to look at how you communicate. Um, but to me, it's absolutely figure outable. I have a friend who's in the same situation. He's a facilities manager, and she's a nurse practitioner. And she earns you know, three times what he does, and he's having to – and he's, you know, 60-something, and he's having to – to figure that out. And at times it doesn't feel good to him, but he actually understands the power of therapy and he discusses that with his therapist and he helps him get through those moments. But it's a very real issue for their relationship. Yeah, I think it'll be a real issue for a long time. I hope you can send them this show. I hope they're listening because I think we're going to dig into this and learn some things that people can use. And then, and then again, as I said in the beginning, I'm not even caught up in rights or wrong or what your beliefs because no matter the dynamic, whether it's a man running the household, a woman running, quote unquote, running the household, or a 50-50 situation, there are successful situations throughout. So it's not about your beliefs, but again, it's just about how do we think about our situations because it could easily flip at any given time. We'll be right back. Kevin, I'll see you out there. We'll get you coming out of break. Uh, all I ask is that you think. If you're looking to purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Ephraim's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases and for sales. His no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. 
or a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Ephraim Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. I'll also say this. A lot of women, one of the mistakes that I feel like so many women make is that you guys are evaluating yourselves on the same scale you evaluate men. When women come to me and say, I'm a good woman, they say, I'm a good woman, I have a good job, I'm making money, I got my own house, I got a car, stop right there. The type of guy you want does not care. And when I say he does not care, it's not to devalue it, it's not to dismiss it, it's not to say that he doesn't appreciate and respect it, but it is not high on his list of priorities when he's looking for a partner. He's looking for you to be loving, supportive, feminine, take care of yourself. This is what he desires. And again, y'all see it all the time. A man could be a millionaire and he will marry the woman who's a cashier at Chick-fil-A. But a woman's a millionaire and she wants a CEO as a partner. Like, are you serious? For what? <laughs> for what? What are you really going to gain from that? And so even if you come out a couple extra dollars, is that going to hurt your quality of the relationship? No. No. If he loves you, he respects you, he supports you, but he has character, he doesn't put the burden on your shoulders all the time when it comes to what needs to be done. Because a man can provide, and women can provide, everyone can provide in so many different ways other than financially. We've got to move past that and see the bigger picture. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. This morning's discussion question, what if the woman makes more money in the marriage-slash-relationship as we hear a cut from Stefan Speaks? Uh, like that, brothers, he's just kind of breaking down a real, in a sense, I would say a very current issue in how we see things. I got Kevin on the line, so I'm going to go ahead and get that, brother, and we'll dig into that cut. Um, after we get Kevin's thoughts. Uh, Kevin out of South Carolina, how you doing, King? What you got for us this morning? Thanks for calling in. It, uh, thank, uh, uh, thank you, thank you. Um, it, it is the man's nature. Uh, and I'm glad you uh, brought up that relationship versus partnership. Well, the key word to relationship is relate. See, we many of us have not been properly trained how to relate with the opposite sex. You know, it's a certain way we got to, men know it's a certain way we have to relate to a woman. We can't go around saying, oh, you you know, you look kind of big in that dress, that, because you already know that's going to cause problems. And that thing goes vice versa for women and what they say to their man or how they react to their man and certain things. You need to know what might offend them, what might what we need to know what might offend each other, you know, and uh, you know, and and you only learn that you learn that coming up through a family setting with mama and daddy, and you saw certain things that mama did to daddy, and certain things that daddy did to mama, and how they reacted, you know. But when you come up in a lot of times, most of us now came up in these single family homes, we don't know what to say, and you know, we thinking, you know, we can say. The same thing, no, you can't, because it's going to offend the other side, you know. Uh, the nature of a man is to protect and provide, period. We are the only people on this planet that women are leading their homes. That's 
taken. That's off balance. That's off natural balance. That's why our children are coming up the way they are now, imbalanced. They don't even know the roles of a man or a woman properly. They don't know their proper role. That's why we see what we see in the street today. And then and until that, we thinking success as far as, you know, okay, you know, the women, they got it going on, they got the car, they got the house, they got the this, but the kids are tore up from the floor. up. Now, it's either we, we sacrifice, you know, having a nice life and, like I say, the big house, the big this, or we're going to take care of successful families. And right now, we're losing when it comes to the family side. Why? Because men and women are not perfectly balanced together no, anymore. So I appreciate what Kevin's saying. I'm going give, to give some of my real-life context, and I'll be very interested in how you, uh, how you receive this, um, Latrice, because, again, um, the reality is there are, as I, keep, I will just keep mentioning this, that there are people out there between the two of them, they're figuring out regardless of the dynamic of what any of us might suggest. However, um, I've lived out some of what Kevin's talking about. Be growing up in the South, fortunate enough to see my grandparents' marriage, if you will. So I saw remnants of that, kind of saw, um, I think, some of what Kevin's alluding to, Calvin is alluding to uh, when it comes to, quote, unquote, traditional homes to a degree. My grandmother always worked, which, you know, we always talk about that in the African-American community. There's never really been a point in which um, the majority of our black women did not work. So it's always kind of been a fairy tale to a degree, even though some men, uh, you know, when inflation wasn't nowhere near what it was now and wages were a little better, there are definitely some times where we, you know, we know some some situations where the, where the black man was the sole provider, but it wasn't as prevalent as we would like to think, just to highlight that systemic issue. But bringing it further home and to speak to what I think Kevin's speaking to and was, was my experience is I saw some of that in the home. We moved out when I was eight, if you will. And so I can admit that my influence outside the home was very different than what I saw within my grandparents' home, and it influenced me. And it influenced me to the, to the degree that um, having seen a sense, you know, my grandfather was definitely treated as the quote-unquote man of the house. He definitely lived that dynamic out fully. Uh, and, and it was definitely, a, he handled the outside, my grandmother handled the inside. So very traditional in that sense. Um, so having seen that, I personally in my life, I would reserve that treatment for someone that I consider an actual girlfriend, um, if you will. But when I got to my teenage years and my hormones started running wild and growing up in the hip-hop era and learning that type of masculinity, which is the worst type of masculinity because it's not protect and provide. It's, in a sense, take advantage of women. Um, I'm in my, so in my wild old stage, if you will. And so I got introduced to the concept of, um, you know, I wasn't a pimp, if you will, but it was cool to be a player. And so in being a player, then I also figured out how do I deal with women and spend the least amount of money. So I, so all, again, so even though I saw one dynamic in my early years of my life, uh, once we moved out and it was just me and my mom, the influence of the streets led me during my So My Wild Oats years, and I was notoriously known for being able to deal with beautiful women and not spending money like some of my friends might. 
if if you got to my girlfriend's stage, I would treat you the old traditional way. You didn't pay for anything, but it was a hard space to get to me. So I've ran, as I've mentioned in the very beginning of the show, the whole 180 of this thing, and I felt like I learned later in life that even that period harmed me a, a, a great deal unknowingly. But I bought into that concept of spend the least amount of money, um, even with me being in, I'll even go a little further, and I'll hit your thoughts, Patrice. Even when I got into the military, I would, in a sense, I was an officer in a small town, so even that position in, in alone, if you will, was coveted in that small town that I was in. I would almost hide that fact because I didn't want someone coming up to me and, and using me because that's what I learned in the streets and hip-hop. I didn't want a woman using me, so I would hide that fact and, and kind of be out publicly without even sharing the fact that I was in the military because I was so caught up because that's what hip-hop taught me in not letting a woman take advantage of me. And so I think that my personal life is exactly what Kevin's talking about. Without the family structure, I bought into these ideas that were – absolutely the opposite of masculinity, the opposite of my nature. Your thoughts, Queen? Again, I just wanted to bring some context on my personal life to what Kevin brought to the table. Absolutely. And I often, when I was, when I was dating, I would ask people who taught you how to love, particularly if they came from a single-parent household. Um, it was actually one of your mental dialogue lives where you played a clip from um, a song where they said they've been to a lot of funerals, and I'm paraphrasing, but they've never been to a wedding. Right. And that stuck with me because we do go to funerals in our community. But up until recently, for me, I attended very few weddings. Um, and so I do think it's important because we don't understand. And when I ask, like, who taught you how to love? I'm asking who taught you how to be healthy in a relationship because we understand the dysfunction. We understand those dynamics, but we don't understand the dynamics that are associated with healthy relationships. And so um, that is a problem. I would like to add that it's a reason that our family structure is broken, and it doesn't necessarily, you know, it's historical, it's systemic. And I think we as a community need to understand that so that we can fix that. But until we, and that's where the whole, the, the, the gender war, which we're not addressing, but that's where it comes into play because we don't understand how systemic racism ripped our family structure apart. And it created that dynamic of the independent woman. And so I think as a community, we need to understand our history and how we came to be in this country and also understand that because of the way that we came to be in this country, that that fairy tale myth of the stay-at-home mom who's cooking and tending to the kids without, you know, for most of us, that was never meant to be our lived experience. Because if it were, we would make money equal to those that are a part of the majority, the power majority. But we know that that reality was never meant for us. Kevin, uh, we got about a minute and a half before we go to the top of our break. Thank you for your thoughts this morning. Any more thoughts, King? Yeah, um, and and that's basically when I'm talking to our people is that that history of the fathers being torn out of the home and, and and matter of fact, other men control their destinies in their communities. We don't. Mm-hmm. We don't have ownership of our communities. 
we work for somebody else. And a lot of times that's going to be a problem. When your wife goes to work for somebody else, <laughs> and she come home and look at you and you're not up to par with those who run the society, that tends to be a problem. You know, I'm I'm, uh, I'm gonna challenge that real brief because we're because we're having to break. Thank you. I'm gonna challenge that very briefly because um, here's the reality. Um, um, I, I I hear that dynamic all the time. The reality is, the majority of the country is doing that, and and so we we kind of lay it in a linear black and white way that it's not factual. Uh, we don't realize that the country. Entrepreneurs who own things is 11% of this country. There's another 5% that do it part-time, and they may have employees. The majority of entrepreneurs don't have employees. And so the majority of the country, no matter race and culture, works for somebody else. And the majority of the country has their woman in the workplace, maybe not to the same dynamic because I already showed you the numbers for African-American communities due to the lack of marriage. The majority of our community, like you said, Kevin, is woman-led. That's fair. Let me finish. That's fair based on the the dynamic of our situation due to the history that – I'm bringing it all together – due to the history that Latrice talked about. It played a role while they're at 80% and white women are at 62% and Hispanic women are at 62%. Let me finish, Kevin. So all of that has played a role, but using the dynamic – that we should control our community is mythical and romanticized and not a reality for no culture in this country, not even white people. That's the reality. This inflation is hurting the entire country the same way, and it's not because nobody else is working for anybody else. There's only 11% of the country that's even owning stuff like you would even mention right now. That's just something I had to give you. We're at the top of the hour. You can come off the one and come back in because I'm pretty sure you got something to say, but I do got to go to this break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. Truth Seekers, please understand, Mental Dialogue is much more than just a talk show. Each and every Saturday, we communicate with you for two reasons, to dialogue and connect. On the dialogue side, we cater to you intellectual outcasts who feel you have no place for honest discourse on race, sex, culture, and African-American business. On the Connect side, we've created a community where you can connect with experts specifically in finance, whether personal or business, and mental health, whether it's trauma or to optimize performance, along with all the other skill sets from other MD community members. Our mission was to create a virtual nationwide neighborhood where African Americans learn to trade ideas, goods, and services through social media, meetups, and this podcast. 
To become a neighbor of the Mental Dialogue Community Club, please visit us at mentaldialogue.com. We are better with you than we are without you. We can be neighbors even though we don't live next to each other. Hashtag raise the culture. You know, he's working, he's doing the best that he can possibly do, but you've exceeded that times two. How does that balance? Because to me, it's like we're not equally yoked, and it's, you know, like I'm always going to come out of my pocket more because I have more. So how does that happen? Don't be sad, man. It's okay. By a show of hands real quick, how many women in here feel like the man should be making nearly as much as you or more than you to be in a relationship with you? All right. Let me ask you this scenario real quick. I don't know how much money you make. I don't need to know. But let's just say you make six figures, right? And your lifestyle can be covered easily between your income and even that man making forty, fifty thousand. All right, so half of what you make. What is him making an extra fifty thousand dollars going to do for your relationship? It wouldn't do anything for it. Okay, stop right there. So let me explain something to y'all. You're fixated on something that doesn't truly move the needle of the quality of the relationship. And so now you are hindering your ability to be with a man because mindset is telling you, no, this isn't right. But that, that, doesn't, that doesn't make sense. I don't know if it doesn't make sense. It, it's not going to be the right way to go about it if you're seeking a healthy, happy relationship. I'm not saying be with a broke man who has nothing going on for himself. But as you said, it's not about how much money he makes. It's about his character, all right? And when we say equally yoked, that's about character. That's about spirit. That's about value. Not about I make this much, he only makes that much. That's not about not being equally yoked because, again, it doesn't impact the quality of the relationship. I think that we have to start to move past that and really understand what's really needed and important. But let me also Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. This morning's discussion question, what if the woman makes more money in the marriage slash relationship? As we hear another cut from Stefan Speaks, and I think a lot of what he's saying, I think even relates to what Kevin was saying when he talks about understanding what equally yoke actually means, understanding, in a sense, character, if you will, because I would uh, I would suggest that some of what Kevin talked about by not coming up in the family structures is how we've lost sight of what's actually in, important. I love his example when he says, what would the extra 50000 actually do? Because our generation, as I admitted my own path, you know, kind of down the wrong path with the new culture, uh, our generation actually makes that stuff important and it has nothing to do with the relationships. The way I like to put it on the trees, I want to hear your thoughts, Kevin. We'll get to you in a little bit. Um, the way I like to put it, as I've come to understand this, these, some of these dynamics of what I think, to Kevin's point, is still natural in my opinion. I'm not because um, I just, you know, I, I mentioned that what I learned in hip hop, I would say, nurtured me out of what was natural. That's how I feel about it. Doesn't mean I'm right. I'm just telling you personally how I feel about it. And so um, I would offer that as I've learned more over the last six years of just understanding family dynamics, and I think we all would agree that getting back to, you know, a family structure to help our our community, even with the systemic stuff, 
play a significant role in our success as a culture. And with that said, um, through my studies, I realized that that natural dynamic existed even before finances existed. There's always been currency, if you will, right? Land ownership, animals, all cultures have all had some type of currency. It wasn't necessarily called money, if you will, right? But even with that said, the 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 idea of men protecting before there was currency was absolutely necessary because the world was so unsafe and now that's when you're in a sense getting to that that natural brute strength stuff and now that the world is much safer you know we're not in a world where we're having to lie on a man's brute strength just for our family to live so that that dynamic in a sense was was changed but i'm just highlighting before money and currency existed that's where those natures is still there. And we have to hear, in my opinion, an example like a Stefan speech to put that in perspective because I've seen this, um, Latrice, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, one of our great friends who's absolutely about women empowerment, I remember watching maybe a little over a year ago, watching um, uh, the sister on a broadcast, and I never forgot this. She said on that broadcast, she goes, yeah, if I'm making a hundred thousand and he's making forty thousand, she was also, you know, what is he bringing to the table? How can he help me? And this is woman empowerment person, and I'm thinking to myself, a man does that flip situation all the time. So, are you? Are we really having equality and empowerment if you're looking at the forty? You making a hundred thousand and that brother making forty thousand? As you looking at that as an issue? when the values that we need should not be equated to that dollar amount. Your thoughts, Queen, before we get to Kevin. She was completely wrong in, in that statement. And I, and, I do, and I do like the way Stefan Speaks put it, you know, by asking, what is that, what is that additional amount? What, what, how is that going to impact your life? Will it impact your life? And, you know, that's sort of that Socratic questioning method where you, ha- you allow that person to respond to that question, and they have that aha moment like, it really doesn't matter. And that's mm-hmm. the issue. Oftentimes we tell people what they're supposed to think, but that doesn't help them to bring up, it doesn't help with the change. You have to ask right. questions and help that person come to that answer themselves. And so I do think that character is, is extraordinarily important, more so than necessarily what um, financially someone brings to the table. But we also have to look at where a lot of this is coming from. And, you know, and I, and I know because of the work I do that I harp on this a lot, but it comes from a, it often comes from a place of lack, not having poverty. And so we have to have these conversations so much more so in our community than in some others because of the inequities that exist, because of the level of poverty that exists, because the level of strife and struggle that so many of our people um, have been a part of, that it becomes the deciding factor in whether we see you as someone who's worthy of my attention or not. Um, whereas if we focus on uplifting each other, creating change, we can actually begin to shift the dynamic. So that's not so much of a focus. Um, but I do understand that it comes from a place of lack. You know, it definitely comes from that power dynamic that, you know, that whole men are supposed to be the providers. But it becomes so, I think, strife-ridden because oftentimes we are um, counting every nickel and dime. And so 
I agree that that focus is how we lose sight of what matters. So I'm going to bring up this post before I go to Kevin. I'll see you another caller out there. So if y'all want to get in, you have to press one. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. I received a message um, that we're choppy today. Unfortunately, it may be my internet connection. So I hate to hear that. Everybody's clear for me. So typically, if we're clear to one another, we are clear to y'all listening. So I do apologize. Um, what I, again, I'm not able to control that factor today, unfortunately, but thank you for that input. Um, so I want to share something. You're clear to me, you. by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I said, it's just, it may just unfortunately be the internet for everyone else, but I just wanted to make note of it since I received that message. Uh, but with that said, I wanted to share a post that you and I had a long fight about um, a while back, and it's going to speak specifically to that dynamic. Um, you call it a power dynamic. I highlight that I think there's some natural aspects to it. Um, you didn't see this coming, but I'm going to share this with you. Let me pull it up real quick. It's, probably, it's the last time we had a fight, just to give you a, a heads up. <laughs> so I remember what that one was. <laughs> yep, so that's where I'm going right now because I think it aptly applies. Kevin, we're going to get to you. Don't worry, brother. So um, I put up this post, and I, and I think it – I think it speaks directly to what we're talking about right now. So I put up this post some weeks back that says, a mother can teach you to be responsible, but not how to be responsible for a family. You need a father for that. And I just want to explain the post versus how, you know, our back and forth. So I just want to explain exactly Mm -hmm. what I mean by the post. And so the dynamic was I could have put up on my Facebook page the idea that fathers are needed and people would like it and not think about it. And so I place it in a dynamic because if we're honest about the African-American community, the reality is based on what you just talked about, Latrice, the idea we can get so focused on that, that money dynamic, whether you are literally in poverty and still have it to figure it out every day, or if you move from poverty to having it, you still, as you said, it's still a lack mindset, even though you're doing well. And so you can size up one another, whether that's man or woman, based on how much someone makes. As I just highlighted throughout human history, what someone makes wasn't the, wasn't the factor in being able to have a family dynamic. But you're highlighting the real reason why that's become the focus, even as, as, but as Stefan said, what is the extra 50000 really going to do? It shouldn't have any factor on whether you can be in a family or not. So when I make this post, a mother can teach you to be responsible, but not how to be responsible for a family. You need a father for that. What I am actually was highlighting specifically was, as we've mentioned time and time again on this broadcast, 82 or 84% of our households in our community are woman-led. Well, if she's there alone without a man at all, then unfortunately, the family, the children are never learning what does it look like for their mother to be taken care of. I'm not talking about him paying all the bills. Get the, Take the money out of it. Let's go to the things that matter. The providing of, okay, it's hard enough to raise a family when there are two involved. It's difficult to pull it off, especially if there's several children. So whether it's a single mother or even a single father for this matter. Let me be very clear about this post, even though I put it in the context of needing a father. 
whether it's a single mother or a single father. While a lot of my mother was an amazing single mother, while there are a lot of people who are an amazing single parents, if you will, well, your children, unless you have other family structured around you in a village, which many of us don't have anymore, your children are not learning that dynamic of what does it look like when father looks out for mother or mother looks out for father. That's a dynamic they will have to learn elsewhere if you don't have an example inside the home. That was the bigger point of this conversation. So, yes, a mother can mm-hmm. teach your children responsibility, but they won't see a father taking care of her. And so what a lot of us as boys, seeing our mother do every damn thing, we don't grow into the natural space of what it looks like to take care of a woman. We start dating women, expecting her to do everything our mother did because our mother still found her best way to take care of us and clean after us, especially as boys, if you will. And so since that was the normal dynamic and our mother is our world, we go out into the world with a false sense of what a woman should be capable of doing. So we don't think nothing about 50-50 and still wanting that woman to do all the duties. We have no concept of how unfair that might be if I'm trying to start a family with this woman. So that was the dynamic of that post. And again, as you said, Latrice, it's natural for us to get caught up in what somebody makes, but it has nothing to do with what I would say are the natural roles of who's protecting mama, who's protecting her. Because it should be your father. That's the natural dynamic that we've always learned in. Um, your thoughts, Queen? I know I said a lot there. So my thoughts about that post still haven't changed. The wording for me was was off. And I understand what you're saying, and I actually agree with what you're saying. So I, I want to do that. I, wanna, I, wanna, I don't want to argue about the post. I want to talk about the No, no, we're not going to argue about the post. I, I do agree with what you're saying, but you brought that post in, so I got to let you know that, you know. I still yeah, my, my yeah, I know you don't, I know you don't agree with that part. I knew that. I knew that. I don't However, I yeah, do agree I with the nuance, and this was what we talked about, the nuance that you're adding. I do agree with that. I agree with the fact that we have what we see going on with, with younger folks now is they try to engage in relationships where they can't do it because they can't get past the dollars and cents. So I definitely agree with that aspect of it because they haven't seen the nurturing, they haven't seen the partnering, they haven't seen parental collaboration. And so they don't understand that dynamic. They just understand that my mom worked and made it happen, so I'm going to expect for you to do the same thing. I totally get that. And, again, and we, we are in a place, in space, right, where we can't seem to move beyond that. And I think we can't seem to move beyond that because the 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 – the wealth inequities that we have in our community. So because I also feel that, that it's. I'm sorry, sorry. I'm going to shoot no, you a break real quick. So, so okay, I would on. say, yeah, yeah. I say it's the equity and the dynamic, though. The dynamic of my nature will be to take care of you because a, a man that makes 100 and the woman makes 40, he's naturally never going to have a concern with that. He's naturally never going to have concern with that. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. But he will have her do everything if he's never been challenged on that ain't okay. 
Yet what your mother did was make it happen, but that wasn't okay. And he can't change right. it until we challenge it, but we have to make it okay with saying, hey, brother, you be the protector. You be the provider. Like I say, not necessarily make the most money, but what providing actually looks like, like Stefan's speaking about. We don't forget the break. We'll get the break, and we'll get you back in, Kevin. I see you out there, Ashley. If you want to get in, press 1. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. Do you need marketing designed specifically to compete in today's digital age? Well, look no further than Emoreg Digital Business Solutions, a marketing agency that's well-equipped to provide solutions to the challenges faced by businesses looking to acquire and retain customers in today's ultra-competitive marketing world. Whether it's video creation, website or logo design, mobile app development, social media and email marketing, or e-commerce design and development, Emoreg Digital Business Solutions has the answer. Visit them at emoregedbs.com. That's E-M-O-R-E-J-D-B-S.com. Or call 864-221-3632. That's 864-221-3632. Emoreg Digital Business Solutions. We're the solution to your marketing challenges. husband and a wife, but the wife has the higher income. Now, for a lot of people, that could be a problem because there are these ideals out there that when you get married, the husband is the breadwinner and he should be making more. But in today's society, that's not always the case. And for some, that could be a source of contention. If you come into it with a certain mindset and think in a certain way, that could be frustrating for that wife. Or that could be frustrating for that husband. And so we wanted to kind of deal with the tension that may be there for those in this situation. So what do you do when the wife makes more? You do the same thing you do if the husband makes more. Believe it or not, guys, that was actually our story. In the beginning of our marriage, for about the first three years or so, I was the one that was actually bringing in more income to the household. But you know what, guys? It didn't matter. I never made my husband feel less than. I never brought it up because, you know what, it didn't matter. In our home, we believe that, uh, we are now one because we're married, so everything is oneness, including our money. So it didn't matter who was bringing home more money than. So it didn't matter who was bringing home more money than the other. All the money went into the same pot, and we took care of all of our household needs. So we didn't have his money or her money or his expenses and her expenses. I know that there are a lot of. Uh, married couples out there that actually uh, take on the expense route where you take care of the mortgage, I take care of the light bill and the cable and maybe the items for the kids and the groceries and you take care of, you know, other utilities and the mortgage and things like that. And to me, guys, I actually think that that's a lot confusing, you know, believe it or not, because I think that that's actually how tension can arise. Now, I Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. What if the woman makes more money in the marriage slash relationship as we hear a cut from him and her money.com that husband and wife kind of break down how they successfully pull it off. Uh, I think we good, did a good job, if you will, identifying something that a lot of us are not exposed to. As I said, uh, I happened to see a traditional home in the first early years of my life. Again, they, my grandparents were involved in my life. You know, for I was fortunate enough to have them in my life for a lot of years or whatever. But again, me and my mother moving out, uh, 
the influence of the street, I would say, sent me down the wrong path. And unless you get exposed to this idea that it's not okay for your, uh, in a sense, your mother, since a lot of our young men and sisters, if you will, not seeing a, a, a man take care of their mother um, to a degree will also take on the role of this is what my mother did, and they will do it for their man too, not knowing that they may suffer in the long run because the family dynamic is lost on our community. And so until we bring it up to address that it's not okay, then you can't reverse it. So that's what I hope some of this dialogue is. I got Brother Kevin waiting on the line. Let him get him in. All right, brother Kevin, we got you back in here. What you got, King? Uh, now that's what uh, what I was saying about ownership. And what I mean by ownership, I don't talk about every everybody having their own business. What I mean ownership is as far as the people, people owning the communities in which they're in, people running and controlling the communities in which they're in. If you don't have that, you're going to have poverty. Why? Because those who own that is going to control the power. They're not going to give the power to you. Our problem is in our community, I mean, not our community, but first of all, we don't even have communities. We only have neighborhoods. Well, I want to bring you back to the conversation, brother, because I, I know I know we're disagreeing on that, but I want to stay on this conversation. I don't want to move to that conversation because I, I can blow up what you're saying very easily. You can go anywhere in the world and outside of America, and there's plenty of people of all races controlling their communities, and there's more poverty in the world than there's not, and they're controlling their communities, believe it or not. So it's not as simple as you're making it. I'm, I'm busting that down. We're not having that conversation. I know you have more information on the conversation we're having, so let's bring it back to that versus arguing over that point, if you don't mind. Yeah, because we can really go on that one. Exactly. I, I don't want to go down there. Right. All, right. All, right. All, right. all right, let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> now, go ahead. Here's what I'm saying. Because these are the very entities that got us in the problems we're in now with the tearing apart of the black family. That's the reason why we're having this com- this very conversation is because. All they, right, let's they, move along to the dynamic we're having now. Now we're talking about it from the individual level about what we can do. So we've already we did that in the beginning, and, we, well, and you're you right. I want to move to the dynamic of what we can do right now. That's why I want to be on what I'm saying. What that man? Let me finish. You you get that? <laughs> what I'm saying is this: if you have to go back to what happened in order to fix what happened, not at this the problem time. Is, we're not doing that in this moment. I'm I will, I'm not going to let you finish if we're going to keep going back. We already did that in the first hour. Right now, I want to know what's the dynamic of how we help these our families now. We got to figure this out well, now. You go back to your roles. You go back to your role plays. You go back to what your nature is supposed to be: the man, the provider, the woman, the nurturer. The children are they take from that. See, right now we reverse that, and that is not working for us as a people. Period. Until you do that, you're never going to have this thing work right. Because, like you said, you're going to create a generation of young men that sit at home. They ain't going to work. You're going to create a generation of young women. Think they got to take care of the same young men. And it's going to always be unbalanced because the roles have been changed. Why has society told us these roles should be this way? All right. I got you, brother. So I respect I respect what you say. Appreciate you for you. I'll let you back in. So I appreciate you for your thoughts. Um, what I'll just simply say to that 
that the dynamic I think is what me and Latrice are working through now is the the world is obviously very different. Um, you never the milk never goes back in the bottle, whether it's a good or a bad thing. So regardless of how you see it, we have to deal with the fact that there's spilt milk again. I'm not labeling that negative, but now that it is this way, I think me and Latrice are navigating. I say where these roles can fit into today's dynamic. If we sit up here and just simply decide it has to go back, we don't even see any culture doing that. And so we got to have, a, in my opinion, a more realistic dynamic of where the role plays. Because what I love, again, highlighting what Stefan Speaks said, I, he said it on his cut. There's so many ways to provide, and if we lose it based on if we get rid of it being tied to a, an amount, now you don't go through maybe what you went through, Latrice, that I'm simply having a dynamic, you're simply having a dynamic with your husband tied to the fact that you got a degree and it elevated your money. If if I know better than to tie it to what you make, right, if I, you know what I mean, and you you didn't even have that mindset. You didn't even have the mindset to see your, your husband as any different, right? That's what he went through. But if he's not taught to tie it to the dollar amount, there's so many ways that it could have worked if he understood what providing looks like. The example we gave that we listened to in that cut where the sister saying, hey, we're unequally yoked. Yeah, you're unequally yoked if you unequally yoked if you have a surface level understanding of what it means and it's tied to a dollar amount. Yeah, you're absolutely. But you're absolutely because you don't understand what equally yoked means. That's the bigger right. point. So if we don't dig into what this dynamic looks like, and the reality is, you know, um, you know. Let me say this again, because I value roles. I'm not running from roles whatsoever. But we do have to have a, a honest conversation of what it looks like in today's dynamic. And I applaud those, because I got I got people throughout the community club, intellectual outcasts throughout the community club that are doing it all kind of ways to be successful. I got certain men that they are going to be the provider 100%. Love those brothers, right? I got plenty of brothers and sisters. They're a quote-unquote power couple, if you will. I think things get misconstrued with equally yoked power power couples in a world in which we've lost value of what really matters in relationships. So we have these skewed views that we count on things that are not going to hold relationships together, if that makes sense. Um, I, I didn't talk to this with about a minute to break, Queen, so you can give me a quick minute and a half thought. We'll go to break and keep this conversation going. Sure. And I just take it back to my experience. My, my husband was a mechanic. He's a diesel mechanic now. So while I made more money, he saved us more money because I never had to take my car in for a tune-up. If <laughs> I mean, he replaced the transmission in my car once. So he had a shell of a car and he built the whole car. So you're saving money. That counts. If you want to look at pure dollars and cents, that counts. He didn't see that. It was all about the paycheck. And so I think when we begin to, when we look at, I mean, even when we look at women who stay at home and take care of their children, if you are so, if you are so possessed to do so, if you look at just the dollars and cents with the savings that they save from not paying thousands out in child care, that's input into the household. If it's the nurturing, the being there for you, the mental and emotional support, those are things that are of value. We have to understand that we bring more than dollars and cents to a relationship. We bring things that are of value outside of the money that we earn. 
And until we as a society recognize that, we're going to stay stuck here. And I don't want to stay stuck here. That's why we're trying to go deeper with it. Uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is just that, that you think. For the callers out there, if you want to get in, you do have to press 1. If you're online and want to get in on this discussion, please dial 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. You have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. If you're looking to purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Ephraim's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases and for sales. His no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Ephraim Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. Both working hard, both doing their thing, and one spouse just happens to make more than the other. What we're not talking about is a scenario where you have a wife out working hard and a husband at home playing video games and eating chips all day. That is a whole different conversation. <laughs> but if you're both working and the wife makes more, you got to have the mentality of team, us and we. It's not about I or me. It's about us and the future we're trying to build for ourselves and for the legacy that we're trying to build for generations to come. So always keep the team approach, the team mentality, because okay. guess what? Things can change. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest reasons why it was never an issue for us is because my wife never made it an issue. And I had enough self-identity in myself to know who I was as a man, to know that I was going out and I was working hard every single day just like she was. And therefore, we crafted a plan of unity and we put on a unified front and we were able to progress because of this. That's right. Just imagine if I was to have given my husband uh, a difficult time just badgering him or just saying, man, you need to look for another job. I'm tired of working this hard. I'm tired of bringing in the money. Believe it or not, about six or seven years um, after we got married, the roles actually changed. I then became a mom, and I wanted to be home with my children, and I wanted to be the one to take my children to preschool and things like that. So I'm actually home now. You know what, guys? I actually love it, and I don't feel guilty. I know that I'm doing my part um, in taking care of our children and taking care of our household, and if I would have given them a difficult time in the beginning, I might feel very, very guilty right now. I might uh, feel very guilty pulling out that debit card or swiping and making a purchase or buying myself something. You know what? I don't feel any of that because in our marriage, in our home, we are one. That's right, guys. So take that approach. That's our number one advice to you in this area is to become one in your thought and in your action and in your deeds. That's right. And I want to speak to the ladies out there. Build your husbands up. That's something that I always did. I would always thank him so much for working hard for our family. And I saw the effort. I saw him getting up in the mornings. And that's that's what I loved. I loved the fact that he wasn't a lazy man. And so I praised him with that. I actually showered him with a lot of praise and just thanking him. And I still do that to this very day. I'm so grateful to God that I have a husband that is a hardworking man that is going to make sure that his family is provided for and his family has everything that they need. And let me 
Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Patrice Ross. This morning's discussion question, what if the woman makes more money in the marriage-slash-relationship as we hear another cut from himandhermoney.com? And I love about even in those two cuts, if you will, Patrice, is just the dynamic of what happened with them. The roles flipped, if you will. And so I just think that's a perfect example of what I said at the beginning of the show in the sense that we can come up with this methodology or these values that should apply to everyone, but we watch within their own family structure and how they did things, they maneuvered through it with the concept of oneness, didn't get caught up in egos, and then the whole roles changed. And she loved, in a sense, being a stay-at-home mom, which is not, if you will, abnormal when the children come involved. So you as partners, if you're not just caught up in the dollar amount, which we keep pointing to, and you understand the value of what counts in a relationship, you and your partner can come up with a plan that works for y'all and that becomes a dynamic because there are plenty of studies that are showing how much better children are if there is a period, especially when they're young, that the you know that one of the parents stays at home. Typically, I know that's the mother, and I got no problem with that. But either way, and I got a friend who's a stay-at-home dad, like you talked about, Latrice. They have a wonder, wonderful dynamic. His wife's a doctor. I was hoping he would call in today. Maybe he's not listening. Um, but his wife's a doctor, and he's an excellent educator. So his children are some of the smartest children I've ever seen in my life. So it just fit their roles or whatever. Now, he he's an Internet um, guy, so he makes a lot of money on the Internet. So they're not even counting their pockets, if you will. But he's in their family dynamic. He stays at home, if you will. You know what I mean? Because that was the better role in their family. And, that, you know, outside looking in, if you have some set preset of how it's supposed to be, you would probably ruin their family. And they are amazing. I can vouch for they are amazing. Their children are amazing. And they're just fine in their family dynamic. We saw that in this situation. I got Ashley on the line. I want to let her jump in on this thing. One another, one another, let me highlight one another one of my Queens of Intellect members tuning in today. What you got for me, Queen? Uh, so I just wanted to say that I think it's having conversations like this because I feel like a lot of what we struggle with is what was happening before and people in real time trying to figure out what to do right now, right? Like it's it's mm-hmm. unprecedented in terms of like women are – working and, you know, black women are some of the most educated women in the workforce. And so, like, all of the dynamics have changed. And if we're not going to have conversations so that we can talk through these things or even create a safe space for people to, like, question and decide, like, oh, this is this is what I thought marriage meant, just to, like, have those conversations to create the critical thinking for themselves to think about what it actually takes or what it looks like for them because I think a lot of people um, now just lack discernment, right? We're, We're so far past community and togetherness that we're all out here looking at other people, like trying to live life, and we're trying to mimic the same thing. And so because of that, if you are not in safe spaces where you can question things with other people that are experiencing or have gone through this before you, um, and and it's truly a safe space where there's no judgment, like it really prevents you from having the opportunity to seek guidance and, and even discern for yourself, like, does that work for me? 
And I, I just don't think that happens enough within what our we're doing right now. within our yeah, society. That's what we're doing right now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's yeah, that's that I mean what happens is we're doing that right now. Um, the goal is to share this and grow with more people. I'm not saying we're I don't want to be the only one doing it. Um, but when right. we're doing it, we got you know that's that's what we're doing now is trying to have that dialogue. I'll even challenge the concept. This is because I personally have a, 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 a kind of a, a, I guess a disdain for the term a little bit. I admit this is this, even the concept of safe space. Like I warn people, this is not a safe space, but we will be able to have the conversation and get through it. And I say not safe space because I know exactly what you mean. I'm just being I'm being very nuanced here, meaning that. Because what Latrice alluded to that at the very beginning of this show, she said, I don't know if people will be honest. I've tried to be as honest as I could about my own transition between, A, a period in my life where I was trying to spend the least amount of money when I was having transactional relationships with, with women, and I thought that was okay. I now have learned later in my not that I was going to hold of that. I still held a special place with my girlfriend. That's how I... That's how I justified it in my life, if you will. And then as I became older, I'm like, hey, that whole period was not preparing me for family because when we had families like Kevin and Latrice have alluded to historically, that was the value system that you would grow up in and you would get it naturally. So now we have no choice but to challenge those dynamics exactly like you're saying, Ashley. So I love, you know what I mean? We're, we're having no spaces. And again, I kind of mess with you a little bit because I always say that to you, I don't even like you saying not having the conversations on this platform because we're doing it and more. No, but I wasn't saying that we're not having the conversation on the platform and even regarding the safe spaces, like when you talk, for me, what I'm talking about in regards to this conversation specifically, when you have a safe space, it's just for someone to say what they're thinking, right? People can come on here and have completely different opinions, and you're not going to attack them. That is a safe space because people can't go online and disagree with people because they'll get clowned because of cancel culture. So this is a safe space. So we need spaces like this where people can say, this is what I think, and some Someone can come back and say, okay, I understand where you're coming from, but, like, have you thought about this? We don't have that in the Internet. We don't really have that in the community. And so until we have larger spaces like this where we can have conversations and challenge each other's thoughts, it's not going to progress because everyone's literally just mimicking what other people are doing. Now, that's real. That's real. Let me keep you so off for like this. That, yeah, go ahead. Latrice, I'd like please. to add that this is actually a brave space because I facilitate dialogue around race relations, all of that, this is actually a brave space where you have that opportunity to share different perspectives, to challenge Mm -hmm. someone else's perspective, and to do so respectfully, not ever, you know, digressing or devolving to where things get out of hand. So I like to call it a brave space. That makes me smile. I prefer that. (laughs) And I and I knew exactly what you meant, um, uh, Ashley. So I, I was just I was being a little facetious, not challenging you personally, but I I like the dynamic of that we're a brave space, and I'm going to use that marketing wise because that's what we are. Like you are allowed to say whatever the hell you're thinking, and I know you know and that. I'll invoice that's, you for that. I'll, I'll send you an invoice for that. <laughs> I can dig it. I can dig it. I can dig it. Hey, you get you do get paid to do this in real life, so I will give you credit there. Uh, let me throw this out real quick, and I would like to keep Ashley on for, again for this because she's a queen of intellect member as well. And so, 
Um, as much as I've been highlighting that, here's another dynamic that I wanted to at least speak about, and we'll keep it brief because I think I'm almost up against another break in a couple minutes here. Um, but this is another aspect of when we get lost in the dollar amount. And the reality, unfortunately, as I think we've all agreed to, is men and women both can get caught up into that dollar amount. Like I said, on the flip side, this is where, again, I say the differences lie. Like the man's ego is if she makes more, he may he may feel emasculated if he's not sure of himself, like the brother spoke about in the last cut. On the flip side, you know, you might have again one, you know, one, somebody say, "Hey, if I make a hundred and make forty, what can he bring to the table?" Again, just completely losing sight of what relationships are completely about. But I do want to point out another aspect of this independent. Um, drift driving our, in a sense, our black women in particular to be strong and independent. The other aspect that men are used to that I don't think, I mean, women, I know women experience this as well, but just to highlight this, if I have a daughter, I would hope to help her navigate the concept of even in whatever career that she wants to pursue. And if, you know, if she chooses to pursue a career that makes her a lot of money, if you will, um, I'm. I would like to, as her father, make her cognizant of that that reality can attract users, and I don't, and that's a dialogue that I don't think we have enough of as well. So a lot of women are, if you will, getting the bag, getting their education or whatever, and like Stefan said, they're here's a, another difference. They're evaluating them. Some of them are evaluating themselves like a man does, not understanding the difference in what we value. So I got a good job. I got a good degree. I got a house. I got a car. Men in general typically don't care about that unless they're users. And I wanted to hear just a quick thought from both of you on that, because that's something I would want to warn my daughter of. I personally think that's generational. I think that the dynamic I see playing out online with the younger generation, um, and granted, there there are users in every generation, but I do think that because of how they've grown up, that millennials and perhaps Gen Z, younger millennials and Gen Zers, actually, they, they, they need that to know that you're bringing that to the table because they're so far removed from seeing the traditional family structure and those dynamics. They don't understand that. They understand, I grew up without, I'm not going to live my life without, I'm not going to raise my kids without, and therefore I need my wife, my, my, my partner, to bring it with, into the relationship with her. I think that's the dynamic for the younger generation. I think Gen Xers like myself is not necessarily the case. No, that's that could a good be wrong. thought. No, no, that's a, that's a fair thought. I've got to go to a break, so I'll hear Ashley's thoughts out of the break, and we can further explore it. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and T-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at MoneyMotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes. And I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit. And what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. 
What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies' gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Even walk like money. LNG Technology Services. We are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. If you have a product or service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact me directly again at 404-604-9477 or direct message me on Facebook or the IG page, which is mental underscore dialogue. would love to have your support. If you are an individual without a business, please go to mentaldialogue.com and become a member and keep intelligent radio on the air. This morning's discussion question, what if the woman makes more money in the marriage slash relationship? Special guest co-host Latrice Ross, also have Queen of Intellect member Ashley Thomas on with us as well. And so I think you make a, a, a major point, Latrice, and that, that that's a, a lot what's behind the dynamic. I, and I, I would agree that there's been users in all generations, but I do think for the uh, millennials specifically that that is playing a bigger role. I'm not going to be without. So we both got to bring something to the table. Uh, I would ask, and I wanna, I'll let Ashley respond first and you as well. I would ask, but while that's a basically a a reaction to the dynamic of not coming up in family. So it makes sense, if you will. So I think that's fair. Um, but there's also the risk of not understanding, just like we're talking about now, and I would say specifically to for our community, even though all generational millennials are in that mindset, you know, of all races, but specific to how things hurt our race more, it still can play out in this dynamic where they aim for something that's not necessarily the best thing. And if you never challenging it, you will just do it, if, if that makes sense. So you may do it this way without understanding the results of raising your family in this dynamic where you're both just out of the home and you're not putting in enough parental advisory on how much they hold their phone. And now they have, you know, we're seeing the kids of all ages and races, um, you know, have more mental health problems because we're now having to understand this social media and attachment to the phone and what it does to our brains. And in uh, a country with inflation high, just pushes everybody to work, work, work. And it's like if you don't reset on what you're being pushed toward or what's being promoted to you, you will mess up your family. And our families are already messed up. So it's still worth thinking about, even though it may be more of what you're talking about in the dynamic of me trying to teach my daughter in her don't get used by these men who are at love to in a sense see you do your thing 
and they give you attention, because we always talk about that, right? How without family dynamic, you're not seeing enough sisters understand or be taught, because I, I think mother and father, which your father specifically helps you with this, helps you determine the difference between attention and actual interest. These are the things you're having to pick up outside the home. It should have come inside the home. So if you got, if you're doing your thing and get the right amount of attention from a user, I've seen plenty of women get burned that way. Your thoughts, Ashley, and you can come back after that, Latrice. So I, I feel like it's a conversation that needs to be had. Um, We're having it now. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, you. like, if, if you have a child, like, I, I don't think it's particularly just women because I feel like, you know, our our black men will experience the same thing. Like it, it's just kind of where times are right now. And like, we even see that playing out with businesses, right? I, I know this is like far fetched, but like when I think about customer service and how it has changed and like people are really just out here trying to make money with no regard to other things or people are trying to get over with no regard to the work that someone else has had. Like this is a conversation that needs to be had, um, regardless you know like i i get it it is important for a woman to have that conversation but part of what happens is that when we don't have these conversations with our our men our little boys like they turn around and like people turn into hurt people hurting other people right we're just bleeding all over other people so it's it's not a conversation that i say um, strictly applies to uh, if you have a daughter, but it's a conversation that we need to have overall so that we're protecting each other um, as we're growing and interacting with other people. So I, w- so I want to challenge that based on this. So I want to challenge it because what I'm saying is in a dynamic in which the stat of 80, I, feel like I, I should just go look at the stat, but it's either 82 or 84% of African-American homes are women-led. So where I'm challenging it is our reality is you know, I wish it was as simple as having the conversation, but I'm highlighting it from this standpoint. So as we see more women leave homes, as we see more women come into the mar- marketplace, and so if you don't have that dynamic of, you know, watching your father, in a sense, take care of, you know, to, you know, play his role, if you will, the, the dynamic is when men, the men who naturally want to, in a sense, have this aspect of, I want to protect you. I want to provide for you. And so if you don't know how to distinguish and what those men are looking for, you may attract the men who only want to use you. So that's what I'm talking about specifically to the daughter. I already said men have had this dynamic prior because they were their breadwinners. So, you know, men with a lot of money, this is a very normal thing. I'm highlighting that in this new dynamic the conversation has to be, I'm not saying only women, I'm saying in particular because let's own this new dynamic of women becoming more breadwinners and being a thing. And the conversation they're unlikely are hearing is the one I'm having, but not just them hearing it specifically, but also understanding that what other men desire. The men who are the type of men you would want probably don't even desire those things. So if you have a man that big ups those things is something to be considered that you would have to consider that in the past was never a consideration. So that's why I 
speak to it, particularly to a gender. Uh, Latrice, anything making sense to what I'm saying? I just It's a dynamic, it's a nuanced dynamic that has, in my opinion, has to be brought to the table, especially if your daughter never learns that a type of man who is a, again, forget the dollar amount, but is a provider and protector who has that type of mindset, he won't even be concerned with those things. And if she's never told that, she might only deal with the men who give her attention because of those things. Your thoughts, Latrice? So I don't necessarily agree with the phrasing because, again, we're dealing with a younger generation that the dynamics are different. So saying that that, that man won't be concerned with those things, I think it can be misleading because well, it could be a man that's completely, okay, completely into, you know, being a provider and protector but understands that the level of the lifestyle that I want, I'm going to need you to contribute at least for a certain percentage of time. So they may be concerned with that. They may not. So I think it's just that little piece of what you're saying I disagree with. It, I think that part speaks to the old-fashioned, the, 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 the path where you, from your perspective, but you're not considering where we are presently and where perhaps we may be going forward. So I think it needs to be adjusted for dynamics based on generations. Now, that's fair. I would definitely love to, you know, I mean, you know, as I, I, I try to keep interactive with the younger generation, not enough, you know, I can admit that. Um, a couple of members, uh, you know, I highlight them, Black Men and Cigars. I try to watch them, you know, because they're in that generation or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I do see where that becomes, in a sense, of importance, you know, from a sense, I think, personally, the one what I see often is they um, seem to still kind of naturally don't have a concern because now now that they got theirs, that's enough to provide if that if you will. But they do like for her to add. That's that's kind of what I'm seeing. Um but again that's just you know my my relative view, viewpoint. So yeah, definitely fair and I definitely would be interested in hearing from more millennials on that thought. Um um Ashley, you know, you let yeah, let me know what you're seeing out there because you're you probably having this firsthand experience as we speak about it. So is that what you're seeing that are are kind of like what Latrice talked about? I think you can give us some relative experience because again, I'm definitely a little older than you. So go ahead, Queen. Um, yeah, I mean, I I I think like where everybody is right now as as a millennial, like people are just it it's it's hard to describe it in all honesty because you have some people that are on one side of being a millennial where, you know, especially within our culture, like we understand things. Um, And then you have the other side, probably after the nineties where it's, it's completely different. So you have a mix of it in, Mm -hmm. in millennials that I know. Um, But the expectation is like, we all show up and, and do what our part is, but I don't think that we are having the conversations to define or even mm-hmm. prepare each other as we move into other stages of our life. No, that makes sense. I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, we got to figure out how to have that dialogue because, yeah, we've, we've, in a sense, you've been left out to dry, if you will, y'all having to figure it out on your own. And, um, yeah, you're right, Latrice. I mean, when I look at the term power couple or whatever, that's a, a, a great term to the to newer generation. And um, I do have this concept that families intact has been working for 
4,000, 3,000 years or whatever, and what was missing historically was the respect. And so I do have this idea that if, if the respect is proper, proper, because that's what humans in nature innately want. And so we see some things from the past where there was a lack of respect, especially in, I would say, Western civilization. And so that's what's been fought against. But a family dynamic in which people play to their nature and respect each other, uh, ultimately they're going to figure it out regardless of whether they choose relationship or partnership. Because, again, I don't think you can – put that on anyone and everybody's left to figure it out anyway. Um, but I hope that this is a, just a conversation that made people consider what they're doing and do it exactly what Ashley said. Hey, let's have the conversations to even determine what that looks like. Cause without doing that, you won't even know what expectations to meet and you can run down, unfortunately, rabbit holes that will actually harm your relationship because you didn't have these conversations. So thank you, Ashley, for jumping on with us. Um, Queen, um, Latrice, I'll give you one, we got one minute. I'll give you one last thought and we'll get out of this thing. Thank you for coming on with me this morning. I just want to say that I hope that as more and more couples engage in this dialogue, that they understand that it's not about the dollars and cents, but it's more about the character, more about the support. And that if they are, if they're having difficulty figuring out, find a therapist to help them through that. Because I think that, saving the family and not losing it to something as minute, and I said minute intentionally, as money, is mm-hmm. it make a big difference in the outcome. No, absolutely. That's why we have the community checkup, for those that don't know, which is our free Zoom, thanks to our sponsors, the community checkup. I do it in conjunction with um, the Art and Culture Show. Every last Thursday, we bring on professionals to have these uh, professional therapists to have these conversations um, because we do advocate in addition to your spiritual counseling before entering a marriage, we advocate that you get uh, mental health counseling in advance of your marriage as well. So that things, those things can help with the things that we're talking about. We got to keep having these conversations. See y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think.